Welcome to John Wayne Lied to You, the storytelling podcast featuring me like a Ron Artez punch to the face of the wrong person, John Wayne. That's right. Here I am, everybody. Back here, of course, I'm in Wayne Manor where I reside in the West Wing in the studio of evil on this lovely morning as I record. Um, welcome. Thank you all for joining me once again uh, this week. If you're new to the show, just checking it out. Hey, thanks, man. I appreciate it. Uh, very, very Oh, very much. So I am, like I said, I, I'm here in the studio of evil. I've got uh, a nice heaping green pipe full of uh, grandpappy medicine. I got it packed up in uh, the old the Dave pipe here. Shouts out, Dave. Uh, I've got uh, my Drink Coffee Hail Satan mug full of coffee. I've been drinking it this morning already like crazy time. And Crazy Town, the, the band, Butterfly. Uh, yes, from Chris and Alicia Stamps. Thanks, guys. Shouts out. And, uh, of course, I, I got to stay hydrated. I got my big water here uh, from Southern Sun Boutique Cup, Satan Cup that I love. Uh, thank you, Amanda, and everyone, welcome. It is uh, another week. So I've been home here at Wayne Manor for about, oh, I guess like five days, four or five days in a row, and about to take off to Las Vegas this week on Wednesday. Oh, excuse me. If you're listening to this on the Monday it comes out uh, or the week that that Wednesday I am leaving for Las Vegas. What a time it will be uh driving across the country myself and Nick P driving up to Vegas. We did that drive back in October. It's about a 26-hour one. Um then from there we're going to drive all the way to Pennsylvania uh from Nevada. It's about a 40-hour drive. Don't worry, we're splitting that one up. We're not trying to take that one on uh, in one uh, solid go, but uh, yeah, so it's uh, good to be home for a little while, and then I'll be gone again, but you know, I got, I'm off on the adventures, off on uh, another one, so so you know how it goes. Shouts out to all of my wonderful Patreon supporters today. Thank you guys so much for your support. It means the world to me. Um, uh, shouts out to some new subscribers. Uh, Disheveled by Dawn, shouts out to you, my friend. Thank you for your uh, support and patronage, and then uh, Tobias, thank you again, dude. I'm not, I can't remember if I shouted out you guys or if I was out of town, but Tobias, you're a good dude. Thank you for uh, calling into vital social issues and stuff all the time, and then thank you for your support. And of course, the lovely and wonderful Shelly Rosamelia. Thank you uh, to my my latest Patreon joining supporters. You guys rule. Uh, everybody out there rules. Even if you're not on my Patreon, you rule. You rule the school, and I'll tell you why. Because you're the best. Uh, but. If you'd like to throw uh, some change or old Uncle Johnny's way here, please, 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 please go to my Patreon, patreon.com slash John Wayne is dead. Any tier there gets you some, uh, some goodies, depending on which which one you pick. But uh, all of them come with uh, access to an, the other, another weekly podcast I do called the Awesome Dude for Life Boner Bonus Podcast, in which I talk to other artists and uh, those I meet on the road from around the world, even. And it's it's a good time. So uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that later. But uh, there is even the $1 beer club there on my Patreon. For $1 a month, you get access to the podcast and all the other cool videos and songs I put up on my Patreon wall. So uh, as I was you know, uh, saying, I'm, I'm back on the road full time right now. i got a very full, full schedule. So any uh, support helps towards the Patreon. I very much appreciate it. Thank you, guys. So this week, I like I said, I've only, you know, we got home like last week around 4 a.m. on a Monday and then kind of reorienting myself for the week. I, I thought I was a day behind all week like like you do sometimes once, you know, shit like that happens. But, um, yeah, recovered well. I seem to have, uh, I don't know if it's like 
the pollen or something is going on. But like, man, my allergies kicked up hardcore this week with some sniffles and then some drainage, which was making me cough and lose my voice for a little bit. Like I was like, hey, uh, hey guys, how you doing? Um, the other day, but uh, you know, I'm. It didn't last long, but man, it's, it's just like one of those things where my nose just wants to keep running. And I, I get those usually like something like that once or maybe seldomly like twice a season where it's like the first wave of spring pollen or whatever hits the area. And it's just like my nose becomes an unstoppable leaking sieve for some reason. I just can't. I, I, you, it's one of those things, you know, you blow your nose over and over, but it still feels nothing's really coming out, but it still feels like it's just dripping inside. So um been dealing with a little bit of that but you know it's not not a big deal it's not you know it could be worse could be covid or something but it's just a little bit of the old allergies there so that didn't put me uh put me down or anything but it was I was like man I hope this is, I I don't need to lose my fucking voice man I need my voice to uh to talk to people and to sing and all that stuff so it's it's not actually not even 100% right now uh still a little gravelly but way better than it was 2 days ago so, uh, but one of the other reasons why I think like, see, I'm, I'm stupid. I'm, I'm dumb. I know I, I inst- rather than instead of like feeling this coming on and like, Oh, this drainage, it's like, you know, I'm, I'm coughing and like having to clear my throat a lot. It's fucking with my voice. Uh, you know what? I should probably just rest my voice. No. Why would I do that? Instead of doing that, you know, it was like, uh, you know, fr- it was Friday when I, when I lost my voice completely almost completely, where it was just like, hey, how you got doing type of voice. Uh, but it was because, for two reasons. One, I got up that morning uh, on Friday, this past Friday, and I really wanted to get this, the audio for uh, narration for Death Packs and Left Hand Paths done. It, You know, I wanted to get it done last week, you know, we, a week ago or so before I went to Chattanooga, and I couldn't get the timing right to, to have a, you know, because I have to have total, you know, quiet in my house and, you know, my my wife works here. My wife works, you know, from home as well and all this kind of stuff. But she was at, she went out of town this past weekend. Woo, boys are back in town. Uh, the boys are night out. So she went out of town. So Friday morning, I was like, I'm going to finish this fucking thing. I've got like five chapters left. I just need to get through this book. I want it done and put, you know, send it in there because ACX takes their sweet ass time approving shit. So the faster I get it done... You know, of course, the faster it can come out and get out there to, to, to you people. So I, I kind of probably pushed it a little bit harder than I should have that morning because I already, you know, I was already having all that drainage and stuff and kind of coughing. But I wanted to get that done. And, and there's like the voice of Baz is really, you know, like, hey, why you doing? You know, how about you come over here and stick this up your ass? All right. You know, it's like that. And I get all like animated and gravelly and kind of loud. So I, I kind of I felt like uh, when I was done, I was like, oh, <clears throat> you know, my voice is kind of like, oh, but at least it's done. You know, it was done and and sent in. And then later that day, this was cool too. Uh, later on Friday, the same day, I'm, I'm, I'm having a meeting. I'm supposed to be having a meeting with Nick P. Shouts out. And uh, a comedian friend of ours, Brian Hersey. Very funny. Shouts out to you, my friend. Uh, because um, this, you know, Brian and uh, Brian Hersey and some other comedians from uh, the scene that know us like um, they're wanting to do uh, these videos. They they have these he has these videos they want to film um, of of some 
some comedy sketches, some things like that that these this group has put together. So they basically are hiring Nick to to shoot these videos, and then I'm gonna just be like Nick's PA. Like I'll be Nick's helper on this on this thing because I've helped them do some shoots before, and I was like, man, I I like those guys. I want to just go and help. So, uh, so we are having a meeting with uh, him with the one comedian Brian to talk about logistics and time frame, all that kind of stuff. So before, you know, it's like maybe an hour before the meeting, and I just decide, hey, why not? I'm going to crack a beer and um, start playing some songs on my guitar. Bad news, dude, bad news. Because I'm just singing, I'm just trying to like sing like I would normally would, and it becomes, like I've done this before, so it's like evident after every song when I'm finished, like my voice is just a little bit more like, uh, but, you know, I somehow find it down in there and push it back out again, and then... Uh, it ends up uh, being gone. So that's what happened. Like by the time Nick Nick showed up at my house, and I'm like, "Hey man, kind of lost my voice." And then the you know Brian shows up to talk this meeting and stuff, and I'm like, "Hey man, I kind of lost my voice. Don't worry, I'm not sick. I'll make that up." You know. So it was it was quite funny, but uh, you know the meet and the meeting kind of went well. We just got like uh, it got a little, you know, we started off with a little bit of a socialization, and then it just kind of turned into mostly like a hangout bullshit session after a while but i mean we got the the nuts and bolts down i I think so it's going to be a fun project i'm looking forward to working uh on that with nick and with these uh these awesome comedians but i'll and and i'll you know of course tell you more about it as it comes up uh but and i'll tell you more about you know when when death packs when the audiobook for death packs gets approved and is out there i will definitely be letting you know that but you know if you want to check out some of the uh voiceover narration exploits that i've been doing if you haven't already on audible um or available to buy the ebook on on all like amazon and stuff i've done sinkhole which is uh my book from death's head press i've done until the sun which is by chandler morrison from death's head press and i did uh frank edler mr frank's uh brought worse from hell most recently and those are all on there on audible and and you can check out my voices and my all the stuff i do and that that also supports uh myself and the author uh, if you check those out. So we appreciate that very much. It is uh, a very, very cool, cool fucking movie that has to do with, you know, time and just, you know, dimensional displacement and uh, infinite possibilities of, of things and uh, astrophysics. But it's like, uh, it's so fucking cool. It's It's shot really interestingly, almost from like a, continually like it, it's not like a static shot it's like someone I, I, don't, I don't know what you call that uh almost like a pov but you're not it's not like that it's not somebody's pov like you see their hands in front of them or anything it just keeps switching around it's very it's shot really close and tight to everybody it's these friends you know meeting for a dinner party and a comet is passing over uh that night some comet that's you know whatever and as it passes over them First, you know the like the lights go out, which is never a good sign. And then, insanity ensues. It it really uh, it hits the ground running, and it's a it's a a psychological type type of piece, but a very very cool movie. I recommend it if you like weird like time displacement or or the infinite possibility theory and all that kind of stuff like that. Man, is it cool? Uh, coherence. It was called. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. The act the actors were awesome. I mean, this is like. 
uh, I didn't. I mean, not this isn't like a big movie. It wasn't like some big time movie, big budget or anything like that. I I didn't recognize any of the actors in it. Maybe I I should have, but I'm not good with that anyway, with actors. But everyone was was stellar in the movie, and I really enjoyed it. So. Uh, check it out if you uh, value my opinion at all. It's called Coherence, and it's it's very, very uh, thought-provoking, psychological thriller type of thing, and uh, very much worth the watch. I, I watch a lot of movies and a lot of shitty movies, and I, I rarely will come and talk about one that I'm actually like saying, yeah, you should watch this. The, definitely you should watch this movie. Uh, or don't. I don't care. So anyway, <laughs> uh, on with the show here, guys. Um, so that's, that's been pretty much my week. You know, it's been getting back acclimated. Uh, I got some books back in for my, you know, inventory, you know, making sure I have prints and all that kind of stuff I need to take with me to, to, to Vegas. And just, um, other than that, drawing my ass off, I, uh, did a logo for a band this week, uh, that I was hired to do. And then I've been trying to knock out these tarot cards still one by one. And, uh, that's just it. Just working away to get ready to be back on the road. It's going to be a busy couple of weeks coming up here. So, uh, a lot of preparation going on. And speaking of preparation, not preparation H, but I think it's time to move on to our three-card tarot reading of the day. Uh, as you know or don't know, I do a three-card tarot reading of myself before every show. I just kind of put my thoughts down, what's going on with me, uh, what I'm thinking about, and then try to look at those thoughts again from a different perspective through like what the the cards mean and all that kind of stuff. It's just a nice thought exercise and a nice uh, way to... Uh, kind of make you examine some some things just by pointing them out so i i enjoy it quite a bit and uh here we go so this week of course on my mind is uh this still this organization time management business ma- management acumen acumen thing like that i been, i was talking about the last couple of weeks getting the business side of things super tight tight like a fucking duck's asshole the watertight tight kind and so that's been on my mind and just because it's just a lot of like planning ahead and you know uh making sure and kind of it's you know you have to it's not like i can go okay so man i really can't even talk so starbucks used to have this thing called consolidated distribution right where you ordered what you wanted the morning before like in the morning and you got it the next day on your order right like that's how we got milk that's how we got everything so not all businesses do that. Starbucks was a huge corporation that like they I mean, I was was there for so long. I was there when we were ordering things like a week out, all that kind of stuff. But then they slowly moved it to this thing and it made everything really easy and streamlined and it helped keep people to keep, uh, you know, inventory under control. And we weren't, you know, getting like crazy amounts of things and then, you know, not using them because something happened or whatever. I wish I had that for my my book stuff, like because you have to play. I can't wait till I sell them all and then place the order because it takes a couple weeks, you know. So I have to kind of get all that guesswork down to where I'm like, okay, this far out, I need to make sure I have X amount of books. So I'm going to order this many and hope that I have X amount left or I'm going to assume that I've sold it. It's all that kind of stuff that I'm like, oh, my mind is too full of chocolate and bong hits to figure this out. But uh, no, I will figure it out. It's on my mind. That's That's what I'm thinking of. And uh, just uh, focus, extreme focus, and and just keeping it balanced out, keeping a very good balance of all the things I have going on right now, and uh, and not allowing any of the aspects of my life to to fall short or suffer because I'm not 
giving them the attention that they need. So here we go. So this week we got uh, all upright cards again. Uh, all of these cards are in the uh, upright position that we got. So first one is the Seven of Wands. Now this is one of my favorite cards. Um, I've talked about this before. You might have heard me talk about it before. But but on this card, if you don't know what it looks like, uh, is a person that's standing on um, an elevated ledge, uh, it looks like, and they have one of the wands in their hands, and they're kind of jabbing it down um, at these other six people that are below below them on the on the on another ledge and you can't really see them all but they're they're poking this the uh wands up at the person so like they're trying to knock him down basically and he's trying to 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 stand his ground and uh and not be knocked down so in a nutshell that's really what the card is about and it this card has resonated with me because i've had you know i've for me it's like yeah this is i kind of i can relate to this and and you you uh especially if you're in you know the arts or if you work for yourself in any way you you'll understand this so this this card comes about when we're you know we're working so hard we've got our our main goal down there at the end of the tunnel but we've got all these these small like goals to get us there that we have to reach right we have to keep climbing up this this hill or mountain or whatever it is uh, or just get to the next the next point so we've worked hard we've gotten to a, another a, a point of success we've reached some kind of a milestone maybe lately or um you know maybe if recently right so what we discover when we get there is we work we're working so hard so hard so hard and we break through and we get get to that next step and once you get there it's like all right i did it but you you quickly find out now you have to work harder in a way that you're not only working on what you're doing to to move because you don't want to stay at this level you you made it now it's time to work towards the next one so you have to put all that effort in and still keep working to move to the next level but you also have to maintain the level you're at um as well while people who are not on that level are trying to knock you down, right? People who, uh, or, or elements or aspects, you know, it's kind of like when people are like, ah, oh, I can't believe they got that. They don't deserve that promotion. Or they don't deserve to play on that show or blah, blah, blah. they don't deserve that book published. Those are the kind of people I'm talking about mostly, like your haters, your detractors, your fucking troll people that just live to, to knock you down. But mostly this is people who are trying to, in your industry they're coming for coming for you like ludicrous they're coming for that number one spot man yeah so it's like that it's like they're people want to come for you and it's not always even uh malicious you just have to understand there are other people working in your field to get to where you are like you knocked someone out or you you know took filled the vacuum when there was one there's other people that want that exact same thing. So you have that's where the working to maintain that comes in and, and show that you do deserve to be where you are. And then you're working harder to move to the next level. But then you've got to brush all this other shit off. These people who are trying to knock you down with stupid shit. People who are trying to say that, you you know, however they may be doing it. Telling you directly. Telling other people. Spreading rumors. Trying to sabotage. Whatever. Like those, you have to kind of adjust your mindset and this is something that i've been having to do uh, recalibrate this again like i said i've thought about this a lot i've done this before in the past 
Um, this that's why this is one of my favorite cards. But but re, but I'm re, I'm in a recalibration phase right now, if you will, where I need to realize some things about uh, others out there and not worry about those kind of things so much, and or at least not let them bother me in the way that they have been lately. And that's what I'm I'm that's what I mean by recalibrating. I've I've already done this card like a hundred times in the past, but like it's, you have to keep checking in. This is always a, about upkeep. It doesn't just stay, you know, again, not a set it and forget it thing. You know, life is not like that. So having this come back in and thinking about this some more today, I was like, yeah, man, this this is resonating a lot for me. Uh, so so yeah, we just have to know that we have to stand like convi- with conviction of what we've done and, and knowing that we deserve to be there, believe in ourselves, right? And keep that confidence, keep all of that stuff that got us to that next, to that point. And then mo- the, as far as people trying to tear you down, we just have to let that roll off, unfortunately, more often than, than we'd like, uh, depending, you know, we want to defend ourselves or we want to get defensive sometimes or just tell someone to fuck off. But Sometimes, most times, I guess, we have to be the one that takes the higher road because they're not going to, obviously, because they're already doing this to you. They want a reaction. They want to show, be able to say like, huh, look, I told you he wasn't that great. Huh? Right? Right? I don't want to give that opportunity to anybody, and I hope that you don't either. Uh, We got to let this stuff, you know, let these haters roll off our back and just keep working keep doing what we are doing to get us to to the next place that got us to where we are next card again upright the ace of wands another wand card here um this is a card of course you know of of huge potential pure pure huge potential um a lot of energy and motivation in this card around um idea around an idea or ideas right that you're passionate about so when this card comes up it's it's wanting you to it's saying now's a good time for us to listen to our heart, our passion, like what we feel passionate about and, and use that more than our head to make the decision, if that makes sense, right? Because I talk about managing it with your head or your heart. And I have a, a you know, I'm more of a heart guy. I try to mix it up sometimes, trying to keep a steady balance, another thing to work on. But this one is saying like, hey, now is the time to listen to what uh, our intuition is telling us especially if we're looking at taking on something new or starting something that we want to do, you know, maybe it's something that we've been like kicking around in our head for a while and just like, man, one day I'm going to do that. You know, once, you know, you know what? I'm going to do that one day. Okay. After I get this thing done, I'm going to go, I think I might start that. This is like, this card is saying like, now's the time. Don't put it off. If you feel passionate about this thing, uh, this decision, this project, believe that, it's going to, you know, believe in yourself with it, you know, again, and, and take the steps to, to start it. There's nothing like, nothing to lose really. And in, the, in the, the big sense of that, other than some time, but you won't know if you don't try. So again, if this is something you're kicking around, you're, you've been putting it off, you know, now's the time to look at that and use our, our, what we're passionate about, use our hearts to kind of guide us in this decision, Right. That doesn't mean once it gets started, we have to always use our intuition when dealing with that situation. It's just right now, at the start. We have all this potential going. We've just gotten gotten to a, another level with the Seven of Wands before this. You know, now's the time to 
to to take that risk wherever it is to follow our heart and follow our intuition and and go on um with it with that so next card the upright of course two of pentacles so i like this card too this card the person on it's got you know two pentacle coins and it looks like they're you know like a infinity symbol and they're like holding them up and trying to they're obviously trying to balance these two things so this comes about in a time you know we're we've got a lot going on we've got a lot of projects we're spinning a lot of plates and we're doing a pretty good job of balancing it right now um like i said this is in the upright position so we are doing a good job of balancing different priorities and we're doing pretty well at, at, at letting the you know not sweating the small stuff, letting things roll off our back, not letting it throw us off balance. But we have to remember, this is a reminder to us that that line between balance and chaos is very, very thin. It's a slippery slope, and it requires a lot of work to to uh, upkeep that aspect. So this is kind of just reminding us to remember that. Remember how... You know, remember what we learned to get us to be able to balance this much, how we got here, and understand how important it is to keep that balance between losing control. That means we don't want to take on things that are going to throw us off our off our path, off our balance. We don't want to take on the wrong projects. We don't want to take on too much. We don't want anything else to suffer because we can't get over to it and, and give it the attention it needs. Um, so, so these are just things we need to think about, perhaps... Like I just said, with the Ace of Wands, we're talking about going with our gut for this next possible scenario or project or whatever it is. And then this card is right after telling, warning us or just giving us a little heads up like, hey, remember, you got this balance thing going on. So when you go for this thing, keep that in mind that if you're adding, going to add something new, if there's another plate that you need to spin, remember how you got these other ones going and realize you know, the, the energy it's going to take to add this other one to it. And don't uh, don't let that go by the wayside or don't take that into account, I guess. Um, so also with this card, uh, it, it asks us, like, you know, we, we sometimes get focused on the day-to-day little things because we're, we get so into this, like, the, the every day I do this, every day I do this, every day I do this to keep all this stuff going. And sometimes we lose sight of the big picture when we do that. And by that, I mean... Uh, what this is all leading to. And and we need to, I say this all the time, check in, like I was saying with the seven of wands, check in, step back and look at what all this stuff that you're doing day to day is leading to. And is it still leading to the goal that you were trying to get to originally? Or is it taking you a whole different way? Or do you now want to, you know, kind of pivot or now you see like, oh, this could actually lead me to, to, to something like this and you want to kind of guide your your path to that we just need to step back and look at all the stuff that we're balancing all the stuff that we have going on what all the the little things that we do every single day make sure they're still leading to where we want them to go and uh and make sure we still know that that we're sure that that is what we want that where this is taking us we still we need to make sure that that's still what we want out of our situation in our life so Anyway, that was our reading for today. That was uh, that was a good one. I like all those cards, um, and uh, I got definitely spoke to the things on my mind. So I hope you got something out of it too. Uh, if you'd like to learn some more about tarot, I do a uh, card of the day reading on my 
Instagram story at John Wayne is dead every morning. So you can check that out. And uh, then I put them on YouTube. So you can check those out there. So, so at the top of the show, I referenced or mentioned the awesome dude for life boner bonus podcast, which comes out on my Patreon every week. And uh, again, that's where I talk to people on the road that I meet uh, either, you know, now that we're getting back out there, we can do some in, you know, live recordings with people at in hotel rooms and stuff like that. Uh, still doing things over Skype as well. Still connecting with people that way. But uh, this this week, uh, you know, I've been, as you know, I or don't know, I've been playing excerpts from uh, this week's episode of the Awesome Dude podcast. So, you know, you here, my awesome John Wayne Lie to you listeners can kind of get to know my my guests, know these people that I, I know and love, see what they do, get a feel for them. And then if you'd like to hear the whole episode, hey, you just jump on over to my Patreon and subscribe uh, to any tier and you can hear all of them. This is a, episode 68. So there's 68 episodes up there to listen to and a bunch of cool stuff too. But this week, uh, I want to play a little bit. This was a, this was a very, very fun episode. Um You've heard their names before, even in this show, at the top of the show, uh, Chris and Alicia Stamps, some very dear friends of mine. I met at Scares That Care like about four years ago, I think. Uh, kept in touch, uh, seen each other a few times. Uh, if you listened to last week's episode about the Chattanooga show, they, they came out and surprised me. Um, it was so good to see them. And then they ended up coming back to our halfway house crack den of a, of a motel and... Uh, and eat pizza and drink beer and record an episode of the podcast with us. So this was a lot of fun. Um, so check this out. Uh, here's a little taste of myself and Nick P in our motel room uh, with Chris and Alicia Stamps. Check it out. It's like that. Dead, it's like that dicks. squirrel I bought you. That dead squirrel that you're uh, you're dishonoring me by not putting in your hey, bedroom. Man, look, I have that squirrel fucking hanging up. It's on the house. opposite side of your house. That's I an have, insult. I have a head of a dead squirrel under my dead bucket in the backyard. Well, that's just for good luck, right? It got hit Nick. by a car, and it got my mom's front yard, so she helped me get a hat. gave me a hatchet. And oh, my God. Hatchet, and she had a Ziploc bag, and it's under my dead bucket. It's oh. Stuff's been eaten off of it. What are you going to do with it? I'll, I'll put it in my... I've got little medical jars, those little glass jars that they used to Were put in the Were you the one talking earlier about doing taxidermy? Yes. Okay, well, then that makes sense. Were you the one? <laughs> no, it would just be no. unusual if, no. she, if it wasn't the person that was talking about taxidermy. No, talking about keeping a, I did. I a bird's head no we were talking about a taxidermy <laughs> class I took so I do have a dead squirrel's skull it's still got some mummified stuff but it's being cleaned by nature by under nature. my dead bucket in I, don't, I don't know if I even said that we're in Chattanooga Tennessee right now yeah you did yeah. you said you found I, your I, got you com. I, I don't know what the fuck we no, are you're, no you're but, good what am I looking at here? So is it so, supposed to be a sentence? No, no, no. The size of the collection, you can swipe through that. Oh, so you can have a I thought. Uh, Hand yeah. me a picture of books, and I'm thinking, okay, this is a meme. That means all the spines are going to be this crazy yeah. sentence and shit. And I'm like, these <laughs> words make books. no sense. Fuck! <laughs> uh, <clears throat> I lost my train of thought. Um, Somebody that about... things run with, you know, mommy was smoking and self fire alarm, and we met you outside when. My husband bravely rescued our You're right. from that's, nothing. We'll just go right back to that. Yes, from so that's when we met you. And then, and, and yeah. since then, we've been thick as thieves. I would say we like love each stay, other. Yeah, it's like these. We are, have love. What I talk about on the show a lot is the connections you make, and you meet a lot of people. But some people you just resonate with, and you continue. It's just like something there, and then. 
that's you guys. Like, you guys are those kind of people. Like, it's not, uh, you know, a wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. Jesus. For the record, like, uh, they're showing me pictures of their book collection. And this is a really flammable looking situation. Like, <laughs> don't get burglar bars on your house because you're going to die. Because that looks like, if your house, Jeez. if one spark gets, like, just loose, you're a... Uh, you're in a tinderbox. And he actually Nick, painted the shelves. Luckily, in all my books are digital, There's so I won't die wall. this way. I have those. Uh, I have one of those. <laughs> Little spines. You the, the, no, no, the, he, uh, the bat thing. That oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. My upside down bats. But yeah. uh, he painted all of those shelves. Whoa. And then. One of these days, I need to get all my books and put them all those in one location. Those are all my location. paperbacks from hell on that. And that's all of my like really oh, good shit. Yeah, there's my layman stuff. Yeah. So you have the actual Cute. books from hell that are in the, the books from hell book? Oh, uh, I have a lot of them. And it's funny. I had a the lot of The original ones what, or the new ones that he's putting out? New, well, I did get... Um, Let's go play at the Adams. I've always wanted to read that. It's kind of a babysitter gets messed with by the baby cities. Yeah. And it's really good. And I'm it, that's it's such an expensive copy and it's really hard to find. And I'm like, that's the one Valancourt. Valancourt Books, you know, shouts out to mm-hmm. them. They're doing shouts a good out. job for people who can't find the originals. But I have a, quite a few that they have actually reprinted that I've, I've had or found and was lucky enough to get my hands on. So. What What is the... So, like, I got Stage Fright. Mm-hmm. Is that is like so? Grady and his partner are putting those out, right? Like, is that they're getting the rights to reprint them? Who's putting them out? Like, because I got I I got the re-release like that they put out. Yeah, Valancourt books. I believe that Grady Hendrix runs. That's what I'm okay. I'm not sure if Will Erickson is in that with him, but he co-wrote paperbacks from From Hell. Okay, cool, cool. So that's it, Valancourt. Yeah. Is there a list of the books in the book? Uh, yeah. On the in the very back, there's a. Well, if you have the the book, the, the physical book, copy, it will tell yeah. you every book and what page they're mentioned on. Do I have like the, the digital in, is that an version? At the end of the yeah, like that a, tells like you a, the reference pages. You can find like the books, but like um, if you don't, if anybody doesn't know what we're talking about, we're talking about, like the Paperbacks from Hell series uh, was put together by Grady Hendrix, who's a very talented uh, writer. Uh, listen, if you've listened to this podcast, I've talked about him before, but these are like those old like pulp horror novels that, you know, in the 80s, there was, like, a big boom. You'd buy them in the grocery store, and everyone was well, putting like them out. Well, even, like, 70s, like, Rosemary's Baby, like, some of those just, even the, the like, when the satanic thing hit, satanic and everything panic, was... Dim- all that, just... Yeah, just from the 70s the through the early 90s, they're vintage, awful covers. Some of the covers no, the didn't covers match the subject matter. Oh, I know. nothing to do with what the book's Absolutely. about. Absolutely, and sometimes the books were shit, mm-hmm. and sometimes they were hidden gems, and... They had these crazy covers and what's the stamping where they stamped? Oh, uh, embossed Emboss, covers. Yeah, embossing yeah. the covers or the peekaboo covers, the keyhole covers where you saw like a hand, but yeah, if you opened it, open it up, up and you could see the there whole was a thing. whole monster. And, that and was that fun. was a thing unto itself. The covers of those books were like yep. its own zebra. Its own there was a thing. lot of really fun. anyway, but I I like those and I collect those and I've got a lot of rare ones which. I mean, do they not do that nowadays with paperbacks? They don't do embossed covers anymore? No, not that I... Well... <laughs> not many people print that smaller format Well, there's so anymore. many small yeah, presses. That. They're doing trade paperbacks, so they're not really as true to size. Yeah, they're not coming out. And I've, I don't know if I can mention the uh, latest... You whatever you want. Kelly Owen just put out a couple months ago, I think, The Headless Boy. Oh, it is And it's got the rocking form, chair. Right? Yes, and it's, li- it's just it's, a little bit bigger, but, but if you didn't know... after that, mm-hmm, right? Like if that, you didn't yeah. know any better, you could run your fingers across the rocking chair and the letters and you would think they would be raised and the spine you know how when you open the book and that little that all of the co- 
cover, the color would fleck off. It's like that. It's distressed. They, whoever, I'm not sure who did the like artwork. I apologize. It's like a, it's, yes, but it's, it's not. You think you could feel that paint, that flecking off on the edges, but it's it's all a wonderful, wonderful artistic cover by somebody's name. I don't know. That's I, okay. feel, I feel bad. But no, let's, the, the, check it out. Kelly Owens' new book. Yep, The Headless but, Boy, and it's very <coughs> good. I enjoyed that. But that's sort of a throwback. She, you know, mm-hmm. hired wh- whoever did the artist artwork, shouts out to them. It's that throwback look. and Because yeah. I think people, you know... You know, kind of, you know, sometimes want to have memories. I read that stuff. Like, I was so terrified by Swan Song by Robert McCammon, the original with that little demon face. And, like, when I started going into the grown-up section, I'm like, well, I don't want to just read Nancy Drew and all this stuff because I'm I'm 43. So, you know, I was reading Babysitter's Club and all that. I'm like, well, what about the grown-up section? So, the first Stephen King book I picked up was Carrie. That was the first horror I actually read. Then I picked up... Slugs by Sean Hudson, who is a British author, mm-hmm. and that gets into Edley, like Edley territory. Edley, I mean, yeah. the the slu- I mean, just eating people alive. And I was like, oh, books can be like this. So then, you know, yeah, I, yeah, I might have read some Daniel Seal here and there, but you know, it's just like I, I liked, you know, the stuff that was more scary. The yeah. Sentinel that's in here from '74 is that the one they made into that movie? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Sentinel, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, there is a whole list of all these books at the very end of this thing. Yeah, the Sentinel. <laughs> yeah, and the, the, that's what I figured. The, uh, it's not enough order at all. It's weird. The sequel to the Sentinel was the. You said the Guardian. I Guardian. Thought, I was trying to say I don't think that's the same because I yeah, bought we this movie. It's old, yeah, like. We uh, but yeah, we got here because movie. Chris decided to show Nick pictures of my book collection. Yeah. He had sent that to someone else who asked. So we're just, you know, and like novelizations is another thing that you collect. Like you and Chris Triana, shouts out Christopher Triana. Shouts out. You know, y'all collect those and you read the book, Book of the Week. No, book. it's the it's, it's the it's, it's ridiculous. ridiculous reads. Reads. I like to think I help contribute to the you library do. in a you way. You do all of oh, those yeah, yeah. books I get from Nick mostly. Right. Just to get it started. But I think I might even want to suggest y'all do that segment because that ghost yeah. dad thing we you should, did was yes, so funny, we, man. We should do. Uh, it should be Nick P's ridiculous reads. <laughs> Nick P's voodoo password presents yes. ridiculous oh, reads. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm gonna introduce that on the next time we do it. Nick P's voodoo okay, password so presents. Okay, so on the way here, Chris and I had a discussion. Should we? Uh, do they even have the little stationery? Oh, this room is fucked. There's a napkin. It's got. Ra- okay. It's right. got blood. We can write in blood. Yeah, sorry, pardon me. Write <laughs> no, your is. voodoo password down on a napkin. Uh, fold it up. I will never look at it. I will tape it up, and on the back, I will write in case of emergency. <laughs> and I will not know it, but I will have it, and I will be able to tell people I have Nick P's voodoo password, but I won't know it. Would it be? Funny. Never look at it. Wouldn't it be funny no, if you, seriously, I want to take a somebody finally him. breaks the glass for emergency and <laughs> it turns out it's like your social security number? One, two, three, four, five. <laughs> no, it's your exact social security that's number. A, that's, a, that's an idiot. Whatever. on my luggage. luggage. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, but yeah, voodoo password, absolutely. I think didn't I walk up and say, hey, I found, I had um, made you hell mouth. I was and I was like, hey, I found this piece of crap. Would you sign it? And we need Nick P's voodoo password. And you're like, oh, that's when he realized it was Chris and myself who had walked up to the table. I saw it. <laughs> I knew it was you and you walked up before you. And you're like, oh, she's that. got some new guy who's out with the beard. Oh, just, Dude, Chris I, has got okay. the father Look, time beard now. I couldn't, like, where everyone's wearing masks, man. I was talking to somebody. I, like, nice I knew beard, it, so it took me a double like take. That. And I was like, wait, wait. What? I just recently trimmed mine because it was like, what did I tell you on the way here? I was like, yeah, I got to the point where every time I wore one of these COVID masks, I look like a like a 70s 
like a, we, a woman wearing a bikini in the 70s. It's like all the bush hairs just sticking out the sides and shit. I thought that it was because you, you were like, you were twirling like <laughs> around and like sticking it in people's asses. Like, no, we, we also keep saying that COVID masks look like panties when they're just wadded up, like thrown somewhere. It's like, damn, dude, what happened? Oh, it's just your mask. Because they, they look like panties, or at least the kind that you would wear, I would assume. Mm-hmm. I would wear I would wear granny panties if I had to wear panties. Good. Well, I don't have to wear any panties, man. Because you, what? Because I don't wear anything. Nothing between you and me but a thin layer of gabardine. <laughs> you don't get worried about zippers? You have two other people that are between you and your gabardines, I, I, too. I, I zipped my dick head into my zipper <laughs> once. And you didn't learn a lesson from that? No. Well, what oh. the fuck, man? I told the story. That would have changed my religion for real. That's actually Robert, what we were talking about. Robert was there, dude. What, he was the one helping you, spotting no, you? No, no, it was like back, like, okay, when, like, I was uh, married to Apple still, like, and I Are you was, allowed to say your ex-wife's name by law? I've said it many times. Sure. I know her name, but yeah. I don't Yeah, she has her address, too. Shouts out, you know. Shouts out, ex-wife. Uh, but no, we, we remember, did you ever come to that apartment that we lived in by the Galleria? Yeah, I helped okay, you so move that, out of it. Yeah, so that badass apartment, right? <laughs> I was there when you left. <laughs> Fine, fair enough. So, I'm like, Robert... That was I, a fucking awesome It was view, awesome. Man. Okay, just so everybody knows, like, my, my ex-wife, like, works worked and still does work for, like, a company that does uh, luxury apartment high-rise stuff. Like, she's, she's an executive designer she's very talented and those things are popping up all over and in every major yeah, city so she, she's very good at what she does but because she worked for that company we were like looking for a house so we got to live in this like badass baller apartment for like a fraction of what it really costs to anyone live who wants to hear the rest of this check out john wayne lied to yeah, you john he john does talk about the whole yeah. thing it, i do if you want you more lived right around the corner from uh, that mall we were, we, was we were talking about the galleria earlier yeah. and how that must be a chain of malls because it seems like every city has the galleria mm-hmm. i don't know i've like, been to the galleria in dallas and i swear it's the same thing. logo of the one in houston and everybody i talked to in a different city said yeah we're gonna go to the galleria i was like well shit i think every city has the galleria and it must be this. It must be just a chain or some shit, owned by oh. Joskies or uh, Montgomery Wards or some <laughs> major department Go store. Oh, Chassie! Does Sears still exist? No, Sears is gone, dude. Oh, I had to return. A, I need to return a car battery. Shit! Dude, what am I supposed to do now? You're supposed to return that lawnmower. How am I going to take my portraits with well, my navy blue suit? <laughs> but dude, like then I came. Like Robert and I went down to this bar down the street and got really drunk. And we were supposed to meet Apple and her friends at like some dinner, some something we were supposed to go to. We went back to the apartment, and I'm taking a piss. We blew each other. No, I'm taking a piss, and Apple calls me, and I put my my phone on my like this, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, we're coming. Like I, this is between. His oh, cheek I'm and sorry. His yeah, shoulder. I'm like holding it between my shoulder and my thing, my uh, face. We'll put up an artist redemption. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and I go to zip up page. my zipper and zip the tip of my like like this much of my skin like into like the tip. And it wasn't as bad as something about Mary. Freaking oh, it wasn't that bad. That was the beans that break. But I immediately hit the ground. What and like noise? Robert's like beating on the door, like ah. ah and he what was noise like, did you make? Do you remember? It was uh, I don't too high pitched to, to it, tell. I was just like ah, and like Robert's like, "What's wrong, dude? Are you okay?" And I was like, "Dude, 
And I oh also my phone I dropped my phone off from like my shoulder and face and it went to the toilet. Yes. And uh, and I was like, call Apple, tell her I zipped my ticket, my zipper. I dropped my, my glasses in the toilet. toilet once. And Robert's just laughing at me. You know Robert's goofy ass laugh. He's on the other side of the door like. He laughs like a blowfly. Yeah. Uh, rest in power. Rest in power. But anyway, that was the time I zipped my dick in my zipper. So yeah, I don't worry about it anymore. God damn. What are you like fucking immune? What are you? You're immune. <laughs> system just decided no more dick injuries nah it's just like no fear it's like leather and shit yeah it's like leather <laughs> can't like, you tear like, it in half with like your hands it's like all the, the, the ladies like that we met around this motel like you could bind the Necronomicon the leather ladies <laughs> well, what thing? I, this morning I thought I was being racist but I wasn't right <laughs> cause like what? cause like yesterday when we showed up at this hotel there was this like leathery looking like I don't know, kind of cracky, like meth white, white woman. Lady, that was yeah, white lady cleaning up this room. Yeah. Wait, wait, this morning we, we go to the gas station across the street before we go to the, the convention center, and I go in there and I buy beer. And I get back in the car. I was like, I don't want to sound racist, but that woman working in gas is that the same is that lady? Because it looked like the same lady. It was like <laughs> another was like, no, it was leathery, like skinny, like cracked out looking white. I was like, is that just the so way people look around here? All white, old leathery bad skinned crackheads look alike is that the point that's why i thought i was being racist yeah (laughs) all right there you go lots of fun um i love you guys so much uh chris and alicia y'all y'all rule so um if you guys want like i said you want to hear the rest of that just hop on over to patreon.com slash john wayne is dead join one of the tiers and you can hear it all uh but please please check uh check them out um you know they're great and uh and i love them to death anyway Onward, onward to the show. So uh, this week, as I, I said, I'm, I'm heading to Vegas here in a couple of days. And one of the guests that's been added to uh, the last few days of the dead, the the one that, uh, and Spooky Empire, it's been kind of added to the, the kind of horror con scene lately, has uh, been Corey Taylor, who, if you don't know, he's the singer for Slipknot. Um, and then he also has a band called Stone Sour. And... You know, he's ex- extremely talented, extremely busy uh, with all these projects, but he's he's like signing at the cons right now, or at least uh, some select cons. So I was like, oh, that's cool, man. I, I You know, I used to be a huge Slipknot fan back when they came out. Um, I, t- I There's a story on, on here on the feed uh, about Nick and I going to see them in 1999 at OzFest in San Antonio and melted our brains off because it was so hot. Um, so, But um, yeah, so I haven't been like I guess actively listening to them in in a while you know but not not for any other reason than just like you know I just haven't so with that on my mind this week I kind of been going back and and revisiting some Slipknot stuff listening to some of the old records that I like checking out some of the new records that I haven't heard at all and uh and what and then even last night as I was uh doing uh, I was working on drawings I put uh I found a a performance of theirs at the Download Fest 2019, most recent Download Fest, uh, and it's got like their whole their whole performances uh, like on YouTube on the YouTube channel. It's like all professionally recorded. So it was, I was like, man, this is nine guys in this band. This is huge. Like it's just like them or not. Like you have to appreciate that kind of spectacle, that kind of you know showmanship at least. But um, it made me remember a story, and I might have either told this on a main feed story before or just kind of like referenced it at the top of the show but made me think of a slipknot story that i I feel is appropriate to tell um this one is called a clown won't hold your beer 
So this was several years ago. I, I want to say this is like um, maybe close, like around 2010 or so. Uh, 2010-ish, 2009. I, I can't remember exactly. But uh, the band Slipknot, as aforementioned, was is touring with uh, another band that I really liked uh, and still do love today, uh, Coed and Cambria. Now, it's a weird matchup as far as a tour, but whatever. I don't know. It, I guess it, they knew what they're doing. Um, it was like a co-headlining deal. So one, you know, one night, one headlines, the other night, whoever, you know, it's that, that kind of show. And I went to, I went to see it. It was at the, uh, what is it called now? Now it's called the Revention Center in Houston. Then it was called the Verizon Wireless Theater. It was called the Aerial Theater. You know, it's, it's, just, it's, uh, it's one of my favorite places to see music in Houston, uh, because the sound is amazing there sound is like impeccable i really like the way that the things sound in that venue uh so i enjoy seeing shows there and i always have so i i went to this show at my uh i was when i was playing in a band called harem festival at the time and my drummer was also a huge coe and cambria fan uh ryan shouts out to him and so he and i I was like dude let's get tickets to the show and go so we did and it was uh myself and him and his girlfriend at the time uh we all went down there now you know, Uncle Johnny's got to get a, get a little extra even back then in the day. So I, I had had some mushrooms that I was like, well, I'm gonna eat these for the show. So uh, I did, and not a not a super huge amount, maybe just a couple grams. And we, uh, you know, of course we we met up beforehand, had a couple of beers. I think we might have even gone into the there was like a Hard Rock Cafe like right you know connected to this thing and this big center that it's at. We might have went in there and had one beer just just because they're pretty expensive, maybe just to kill some time before the show. But uh, we pre-gamed, pre-gamed, pre-gamed a little bit. But knowing full well, like I'm gonna buy a few beers, at least a couple beers inside, even though they're super expensive. You know, I'm just I know I'm gonna want some beer, so I I saved like X amount of cash in my pocket so that I could get two beers. Right? I believe they were clocking in at ten dollars a piece then, eleven maybe and tip as well right and these are like the 20 it's a 24 ounce can of beer they give you for ten dollars that's what it is they pour it into a cup you know they have to pour it into like a fucking plastic clear cup and give it to you and that's your ten dollar beer so what are you gonna do that's just the way of the world right so we go in there i say you know i got my money i'm starting to feel a little good from those mushrooms Uh, i get my my first beer and we go in and watch uh I forget who opened. I want to say it was like Avenged Sevenfold for some reason. I'm, I'm not a huge fan of that band at all. But we watched the Coed set, and it was really cool. Um, I remember like they had the big dragonfly uh, set piece that they fly by wire. Like it's wired to the ceiling, and like they do some grand thing, and then like Claudio gestures to points up to it. You don't see it, and they fucking throw the spotlight on it, and then it kind of like glides over the audience on this wire. Uh, that was really rad. You know, I love shit like that. Performance and, and when people, like, put together cool shows, I really enjoy that kind of thing. So I was stoked. I'm like, hell yeah, man, fuck yeah. This We were all just hyped on the show. We, we really had a good time, um, you know, watching them, and it was all fun. So then, you know, we, they go, they change out, and Slipknot's coming on, and we're, cha- we're chatting and stuff, and, you know, we're on the floor, the general mission, the floor level, 
And we were kind of like closer to the front, I guess, when Coheed was playing, maybe mid, you know, but we're not. Coheed Coheed and Cambria is not necessarily a band that inspires a huge amount of like mosh pitting or, you know, fucking slam dancing or anything like that. So people are pretty much just standing and watching and like maybe dancing or singing. I don't know. It's not like rough and crazy usually. So we could get a little bit closer. Now, I've done the my time in the mosh pit, folks. Like I don't want to hear it. Uh, you know, I've done I've done all of them. Like so like throughout my throughout my life, I have moshed uh, enough for several lifetimes. I've been thrown around, I've been punched in the face, I've been, you know, fallen on the floor and had to get picked up, all that shit. So now I, I stopped doing that a little while ago because I actually want to see the shows now and I want to hear the how, you know hear the stuff I got I got everything out of doing that that I think I'm gonna get out of it um, so I like to stand back especially like at this venue like I said this is my favorite venue to he, to hear music played at because the sound is so so good so I'm so we kind of moved to the back of the floor right and we're standing back there we're watching the show. Slipknot's doing their thing. They're playing. It's cool. I'm like, I'm going to go get uh, my other beer. So I go go get in line. You know, I go get in line, buy my beer, my $10, $11 beer, whatever it was. Got my, my, my cup. And I come back onto the floor. I'm walking up to my friends. And as I was doing this, unbeknownst to me, while I've gone to get my beer, um, the, the, the clown from Slipknot, uh, I believe his name is Chad, or I can't remember. I can't remember what his name is. But anyway, the guy that plays the clown uh, wears the clown mask, and he, one of the percussionists that plays like beer kegs and just, you know all that kind of shit, had come out into the audience while I was you know getting this beer, right? And what he was doing was he had um, a camcorder of some kind, and he was filming shit in the audience, everybody in the audience, and it was coming up on the screen, like up on the on the stage and like he had a big screen in front of the platform that he is on the clown guy, his drum platform or whatever. And it's showing on that screen, like all his shit. And it's just like a musical interlude is going on while he's like, you know, going through the, the crowd. So I didn't, I had no idea he was doing this. I'm not even like aware that that's happening. I'm, they're just playing music shows going on. I walk in there, I walk up to, to Ryan and his girlfriend and I'm like, Hey, you know, blah, blah, I'm there. I, I'd go, I take one sip of the beer. And then I, as I take it away from my mouth, all of a sudden, the, the cup is ejected from my hand. From behind, someone has come up from behind me and slapped the bottom of the beer, like, super hard, and it just flies out in, in you know, splashes on us a little bit, but just flies out everywhere. And I'm like, what the fuck? And I turn around, like, you know, not, I don't know, like, 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 you know, deck a guy right away, but, you know, you get your hand pulled back, you're ready for action. Like, what the fuck is that? Because that's not an accident, that's deliberate. And I turn around, and who is it? It's fucking clown guy. He he has been, like, whatever he's done, he came up behind me and just, like, fucking knocked my beer out of my hand. And he's got four huge bodyguards around him, flanking him as he's walking through, filming his shit and doing his chaos. And I was like, what the fuck, man? And I really, like, for a second or two, I was expecting someone to come behind me and just be like, hey, man, uh, here you go. This uh, Here's a you know, a ticket for a beer. Sorry about that. You know, thanks thanks for being a good support. Something like that, I thought, was like, hey, this beer's on us. Somebody bring me. You know, I thought that that was, like, gonna happen, perhaps. But it didn't. <laughs> it did not at all. And I was 
livid, probably a lot more angry than I should have been about it. But in the moment, I was like, what the fuck, man? I was like, man, that beer, I just took one sip out of it. I just spent $10 on it. What the fuck, man? What the fuck? I was so fucking pissed. And uh, I was like yelling like, fuck you, man. Fuck you, clown. Fuck you, guy. Boo. Boo. I'm like booing and shit. I was like, I was so fucking just out of control angry at this fucking clown for doing this to me. So uh, I'm like, man, fuck this. Ryan, do you want to stay? And he's like, no, I mean, we can leave. And I was like, fuck this. I'm not watching their show. Fucking spill my beer. Goddamn fuck bastard shits. You know, and I'm just steaming all the way. We go to the car and we get we get in and like, this is before we had our like just put, you know, Siri on your phone to tell you how to get home or whatever. And uh, I guess Ryan wasn't too familiar with that area. He lived like in the north side of town. I'm still, I'm like livid and, and still tripping kind of. And I'm just like, I sit in the back. Wh- whatever happens, like we end up getting on the wrong freeway at first. And then we get over. I was like, oh, we get to, to 610 because the 610 freeway is just a giant loop. It's called the 610 loop. It goes around the city of Houston, right? It takes you to, you get off, you go to any place around the city. That's that's the one. So I was like, oh, we just if we get on that, that'll take us back home. So, like I said, it's a loop. And, yeah, it'll take you back to, like, where uh, eventually to a freeway where you'll be like, oh, this is where I need to go. But we went the opposite way. Like, we went the long way around the loop. Like, if we would have taken, like, a a right, say, we could have probably went, like, a couple of miles and there would have been our exit. Instead, we take a left. And so we have to do the whole loop. We end up doing the loop all the fuck the way around. We have to get off of it at one point because Ryan's girlfriend has to piss so bad she can't hold it. So we just pull off into a neighborhood. And I remember she just like gets out and squats against a tree in the front yard of this fucking house and just pisses. It was awesome. We were laughing. That was like brought me out of my fucking anger for, for a, a little bit because it was so funny. And uh, and then we fi- dude, it took us so fucking long to get back to to where like for them to drop me off at my house way longer than it should have. Like it was it was crazy. But I remember like. The whole time we're doing that, like, I'm still stewing on this thing. I'm like, I cannot fucking believe it, dude. I just can't believe that I I was, like I said, unreasonably so. And I got home, and uh, it was late, like 1230. I don't know what it was, but I called Nick P. um, And I was like, hey, man, uh, you got to come over here right now, man. I got to tell you this fucking story. You'll believe it. Because Nick's, you know, he's a night night walker. And this also was when I was um, with my my ex-wife, and we had the the studio house in the backyard, like the, the casita or fucking, you know, whatever it was. And so we recorded podcasts and stuff out there. So I was like, dude, come to my house. We got a fucking podcast about this. I got to tell you, he's like, all right, man. So he gets to my house like 20 minutes later. And I'm just like, I set up all the equipment and I'm in there and I'm just like ranting this fucking story. And I'm like, I'll never fucking listen to that again. Fuck them. Fuck him. Blah, blah, just like, so unreasonably angry and I don't even know if we released that recording I don't think we did uh because it was just so pointed and uh incoherent at points probably (laughs) but yeah man it really did piss me off but but uh it was still conflicting because I am like okay rock and roll I got it that's rock and roll and I I love the idea of rock and roll and the spirit yes but man, when you don't have a lot of money and someone t- takes your $10 beer in the name of rock and roll, that's just kind of, it's a hard one to swallow sometimes. But I, I, I got over it. 
Um, I did get over it. I, I dropped my grudge uh, against the clown and against the band. And, uh, yeah, I've learned, I, you know, it, it didn't last long. I think a few days later, I was like, yeah, that was pretty stupid. <laughs> I was pretty mad, right? <laughs> so it just kind of got, got washed off as one of those things. But, you know, just going to Vegas this week and, and Corey Taylor is going to be there. Uh, that just made me think and watch going back to watch some of these uh, old videos and that whole performance, that whole live performance just uh, reminded me of it. And I was like, oh, yeah, man, that's uh, that's a pretty silly reason to get angry at a band. It's definitely a silly reason to like say you're going to boycott a band, which I didn't do, but uh, very, very funny. So those are the things that happen. Um, so hopefully this week, you know, hey, who knows, guys, maybe uh, next time, maybe this time next week when I'm telling the story, I'll be telling you how, uh, you know, Corey Taylor was buying me beers in Vegas. Maybe. <laughs> All right, there you go. Hey, our story. Don't give your beers to clowns. Clowns don't hold your beer. Thank you guys for joining me for another uh, weekly adventure of this podcast. Uh, again, if you're brand new to the show, thank you so much for joining me. And uh, please uh, check out all of my things, all of your John Wayne needs at johnwayneisdead.com. You can get my books, T-shirts, records, everything from the shop page right there. Also, all my books are on Amazon, Kindle, Barnes & Noble, all those things that you can get books from. Uh, whatever is your easiest, whatever is your jam, I appreciate all of the support. Um, don't forget to check out my Patreon, patreon.com slash johnwayneisdead. Get access to the awesome Dude for Life Boner bonus podcast, as well as a plethora of other wonderful goodies. And... Uh, and uh, follow me at John Wayne is dead on all of your little social plat your little all of your social media platforms, and uh, yeah, and I'll see you guys out there um, on the road. Check out my dates. So oh, yeah, I've got a fuck ton of dates on the on the website. So if I'm coming to your town, hit me up. Uh, let's party. Mm-hmm.